Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. All right, we're going to dive right in. We're going to be looking at Joshua. Joshua, we've been reading the, uh, the Old Testament all the way through. If you're like new today and you're like, well, what, what's really going on here? And why are they like in Joshua? And, and we're back in uh, sort of all the scriptures as we go. We're reading the Old Testament through together as a congregation with something called the CBE, which is the Community Bible Experience. And it's a really cool thing to be a part of and really dive deep into God's Word. And I hope that you're enjoying it. If you're behind, everybody breathe a sigh of relief. <sighs> It's okay. You'll be all right. But this is page, if you're in that CBE book, it's page 315. Or if you're in your Bible, it's Joshua chapter 1. We're actually going to talk about the whole of Joshua, but I want to spend time in the first first part. We're picking up right where we left off from last week, okay? Does anybody remember who the, the, the huge figure that we know a ton about who died last week in the story? Anybody remember? All together now. Moses. Moses has just died, and we talked about one day, because he takes Moses up, and he shows him this great land, and he says, one day, <laughs> but not yet, and not you. And then God's people get to go in much later, right? This is the story that we're reading today. We talked about one day we'll be reunited. One day we'll all come back together in that resurrection hope and promise. Somebody say amen. But we also remember that we leave behind a legacy of faith and hope in the people that God puts into our lives and that they will remember the one day that they came into an encounter with you and you made an impact on their faith life. So we talked about one day last week. We're going to read Joshua 1, 1 through 9 together. Now this is going to speak to some people. Let me just tell you. This is going to speak to some people today. So if you're planning on tuning out or going to sleep during the sermon, I'm going to get you some coffee because you're going to want to be a part of this one. All right, here we go. Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, servant of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, that you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God, read these last lines with me, will be with you wherever you go. And all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. I feel like that's the sermon right there, right? I mean, that's what we needed to hear. That's what I need to hear all the time. But I gotta think, too, as Joshua's standing there, his head must have been spinning. 
I mean, like, think about all the things that Moses is doing, right? And he says, you and all these people. And for a second there, I bet Joshua was just like, cool, me, I got this. And all those people, what? That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And this is really, oh, let me ask you a question. Do you remember the first day you went to work at your first real job? Raise your hand. You remember that? How, how did you feel? Anybody got anything over here? How did, it, how did you feel that first day? Scared, nervous. What about over here? What did you feel? Oh my gosh, the, the thunder came there. What did what, you say? Unexperienced. Unexperienced, but excited. I heard that too. Is there anything else over here? Confident. I'm going to hang out with you more often, Cal. How about that? I mean, he's confident on his first day. He wasn't worried about a thing. But you know why? Because he had that scripture in his head that said, be strong and courageous. Amen. Sermon is done. Man, that empty, that lost feeling. Imagine that as you're standing before this great task that God says, I'm going to send you into this land. Do you remember the first day? Or do you remember, if you, those of you that are parents, do you remember when you brought the first baby home from the hospital? Do you remember that? Do you remember that feeling when you're like, can we just stay like one more night? <laughs> can y'all keep doing all the other stuff? As a matter of fact, can y'all move into my house? Or when you're standing in front of a huge project. I remember, I don't think I told you guys about this, but I was putting a, a washer and dryer and we hadn't, the, the pipe wasn't secured down in kind of our basement area. And so as we moved it, it broke this little plastic elbow that was in there. And, and Gabe went down there to get something out. I'm so glad that he did. But it was spewing water like a fountain, right? And I walked down there and I looked at it and I'm like, I'm not equipped to do anything about this. I don't have any idea where to start. I do know where to start. I'll shut off the water. I shut off the water. Guess what happened? Nothing. <laughs> I was freaking out. I might have to call somebody on this one. But that's where Joshua is. For him, it's all three. It's his first day at his new job. And he's also now in charge of taking care of all of God's children. And the third thing is, he's standing in front of this massive project of getting all of these people somehow safely through and into this land. Now, in my lifetime, I've had all kinds of people say, Matt, have courage. Be strong. Anybody ever had somebody say that to you? Say, yeah. yeah. And I do. I have great courage. And I'm very strong. And I'm very confident. Until I'm not you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, I'm good for a little while. Like, I can keep going forward for a little while. But then as soon as things start to get a little shaky, I don't feel like my footing is under me quite right. I don't have that confidence or that strength anymore. I just feel like those words start to become empty. And I look up, and I remember the words, be strong and courageous. But all those people that told me that are no longer standing next to me, and I become a little bit more shaky. But see, when God says it, come on, church, I'm going to get fired up this morning. I'm gonna get fi can I preach this morning? Woo! All right, when God says it, I'm sorry, it means something more. It means something deeper. It's not just words, because when God speaks, think about this. Do you remember the creation story? That God spoke, and then what? It was. It just happened. God's word, when it comes forth, is not just like words on a page or some empty promise. It's action. It's movement. It's creation happening. When God speaks, things happen. God's word is action. God always follows through with it, too. Always. See, the story so far, everything that we've read, 
has given us all the evidence that we need to know that God's word is full of action and life, and it also is always followed through on. Amen? Always. God says, do not fear. Have courage. I am with you. And did you notice in this scripture, this very beginning of Joshua's story, he says it over. God says it over and over and over again. And we know exactly why. Because here Joshua stood. First day of his new job. Wasn't confident like Cal. Wasn't excited. Was nervous. He had to have been. Otherwise, why would God have said it so much? This task is huge. And it's really huge because there's two big problems. Has anybody ever been to this land that they are speaking of? Anybody ever been to the promised land? Anybody ever been? Raise your hand. Anybody ever been? Oh, wow, I can tell you about it. It's pretty much rocks. Seriously. A giant, desolate bunch of rocks. Like, I was thinking, all right, it's probably like, you know, can we get just like some plants and some trees? But it's mostly nothing. Dirt, rocks, and the kind of rocks that like if you walk on them, they're sharp. Have you ever been to those kind of rocks? Not the fun ones in the creek bed when you go to Pisgah. Those are fun to walk on because they're like, you know, all smooth and nice and friendly. This is rocks, like angry rocks that try to bite you when you walk by them. You know what I'm talking about? This land was desolate. Uh, as a matter of fact, well, I'll tell you that story another time. There's another problem. In this land... There are already people in it. So not only is this a desolate land, so there's people there too, God? Like, we're going to have to deal with all of those people. This seems like a really crazy and impossible task. God, why would you put them in this place? Okay, God, I can see Joshua. We got a lot of people here. Uh, can we get a little bit of vegetation so they can eat? I mean, can we plant something out there? Like, can you, could you go ahead and make that happen so that when we get there, there's going to be food? Because remember... God's people are whiny. If we learned anything from reading scripture so far, we know that this people is incredibly whiny. Remember a couple sermons ago, I asked y'all, do you have whiny people in your life? And all of you said what? Yep. Also, side note, there are people there <laughs> that we've got to somehow go through. But God says to Joshua, do not fear, have courage. I'm with you. It had to be intimidating and feel impossible, but yet this is what God was calling Joshua to do. And so, you know, oftentimes, I think we misdefine the word courage. I think we misdefine the word courage. Courage isn't a lack of fear. It's moving forward even when we're afraid. Amen? Amen? It's seeing the impossible and not stopping or turning around. It's remembering, like God said, every time God says it to me, I'm with you, Matt. I got your back. Remember the stories, Matt. Remember what's already happened. Remember what I did throughout scriptures. Remember how I've already gotten you this far. Be strong, courageous. I am with you. Feeling good so far? Everybody still awake? Man, let me tell you. I'm also kind of a nerd. I'll welcome it. I also really like, as a nerd, I really like the way that words work. I told you this before, like I'm kind of into grammar, and I'm always paying attention. Like, of course, you know, we talked about this before. Whenever scripture gives you particular details, you need to pay attention to those details, right? We've talked about this. But this is a grammar thing. 
I was paying attention to what he says. I started reading beyond this chapter one, right? So as we start going into the land and we start getting ready to take on all of these people, Joshua stands in front of them and the Lord says, those are the people right there. That's where you're going. And he says this, God says this to him. The Lord, your God, has handed your enemies to you. Anybody notice a problem with that? Let me give you the scenario again. Joshua's standing here. The people he's supposed to go fight are right there. And the Lord says to Joshua, see right there? I have already handed them to you. <laughs> now, if I'm Joshua, I'm like, uh, no, you haven't. <laughs> they're, they're still there, God. I mean, like, I'm not trying to get in your way or anything, Lord, but there's still a bunch of people there. How did you already have handed them to me? Doesn't make any sense. Joshua, sweet Joshua, you're seeing it wrong. I have already defeated them. I pulled you up here so that you could see what I'm going to give you. I'm going to show you how this whole thing works when I take on your battles. Amen? See, here's the thing. Think about the story of the walls of Jericho, right? The armies walk around. How many times did they walk around? Anybody remember? Was close. And then on the last one, what'd they do? What'd they do, Aaron, on the last time? What'd they do? A mighty shout. And all of a sudden, the walls came down. Why do you think they had to walk around the walls so much? Anybody know? It, it, if you think about it, like, logically, like, couldn't they have just shouted on the first time around? I mean, like save a lot of time and energy. That's a lot of walking because God wanted him to see every single brick, every single vine that was growing up on the side of those walls. God wanted them to note every single detail so there was no question when those walls came down what God had already done in their lives. Some of us in this room are standing in front of walls right now, right? We prayed about that earlier. You're standing in front of those things and you're seeing all the details and you're seeing all the little bits of what God has in front of you and God is standing there with you saying, I have already defeated that battle. I have already taken down those walls. I'm giving you a chance to see it so that when they come down, you can return glory. Amen? Amen. Come on. In the same way we read in the other scripture, Jesus didn't need to stand up and say, peace be still, so that the storms would listen. Jesus stands up and says, peace be still, so that we would know. And the disciples would know that he was already present in the storms. God wants us to see the story, give God glory. God wants us to see the story so that we can give God glory. I, um, I have uh, experienced this throughout my life, over and over again, in so many incredible ways seeing God's work come to life. I mean, like, there's story after story. And I tell you about my sermons all the time of what God is doing and has done in my life. Like, I don't know, for some reason, I sometimes forget, or some, whatever it is, that I start to get shaky and worried again. I've seen a huge body of God's work already. We've seen it in our lives. And every time I get to that moment, I think about the words that one of my friends said to me. Matt, I know you're worried, man. I know you're a little frustrated because you're standing in front of this whatever it is. But didn't God handle everything already up to this point? And I always answer, yes. 
And then he said to me, what makes you think that today is the day that God's going to stop? Right in this moment with Joshua, God is talking about the future in the present. God calls us to go forward, to take on those struggles, but God has already handed those struggles and battles over to us as defeated. God has already made a plan for what happens beyond this. Then, in these chapters, as it goes on for like 17 chapters, it's one after the other after the other of, well, really, Joshua kind of kicking tail and taking names, literally lines up and writes the names down of all the kings that are defeated. At one point, there's even 31 kings, 31 not just like people, kings that have been completely moved out of their way. That's a nice way of putting it. My youngest daughter, <clears throat> my youngest daughter, man, I'm, I'm learning that raising girls is different than boys. <laughs> Where are my fathers of daughters? Y'all out there? Lord have mercy. It's different than raising boys. If you raise boys and then you raise girls, man, let me just tell you. So we're, uh, we get up in the morning, and we get ready, and, and the girls have been doing a great job. We learned, we learned a new lesson, that we bought them an alarm clock. Oh my gosh. That was amazing, because now it like gets them up, and they start moving before I even get in the room. It's fantastic. I commend you to get an alarm clock for your children so they can wake up. Anyway, that's beside the point. So we've started to get going, but no matter how early we wake up, there's just something about my little lady that makes her take her time. She's one of those folks that lives not in Kronos time, but in Kairos time. You got those people in your life that just sort of like, they're in the moment, whatever it is. <laughs> you know who you are. Say, I'm here. Yeah, you're here. We run late. Got to get out the door. We got to go. We got to go, baby. We got to go. Got to catch the bus. We've gotten to where now we just had to start leaving so that we make it to the bus. And I'm like, hey, you're just going to have to run and catch up. It's not a super, don't worry, people. Like, she's fine. She loves to run. <laughs> At least I hope. And we'll start heading down the street and we'll get a good ways off, and then I'll start hearing this. These little footsteps running up. Say, come on, baby. Catch up. I hear those little footsteps. And I realize that this week, in this scripture, this is what God is saying to Joshua. The Lord isn't just telling Joshua to have courage. Rather, he's saying, Joshua, you're standing here. I have already defeated them. Now, if we're just using our logic here, that means that God is not just standing there with Joshua, but God has already gone ahead to defeat that battle. And stands next to Joshua and says, catch up. Catch up to me. I'm already here out front. Look at what I've already done for you. See what I'm doing? Don't miss any of it. I'm going to tell you a story, Joshua, and you're going to be in it. It's going to be a story of glory, of victory, of promise fulfilled. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Have courage. I noticed something as we're reading this scripture together, this, uh, as we put the, the whole of scripture together so far. If we think about the people and Moses and the things that they encountered and dealt with, Moses almost entirely was dealing with issues internally to the people. Do you remember this? All the things that they were kind of struggling with, Moses was dealing with just kind of the people internally. 
But Joshua had to fight outside battles, the external battles. And battle after battle, he was victorious. So I start thinking about the bigger picture here. This is some of the best news that we can hear. So if you tuned out, tune back in. God handles the internal battles and shows us over and over again, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you, Joshua. And God handles the external battles too. And they're real, aren't they? Somebody say amen. Those struggles, those battles, it might seem impossible. But just like God was with Moses, God will be with us. As we struggle with identity, who we are, how to be a good husband or mom or friend or sister or brother or coworker. Those of us in this room that are dealing with depression, that it was hard enough just to get in this building this morning. We're hurting. Those who are grieving. Those who look at themselves in the mirror and say awful things to themselves. Those dealing with anxiety and loss of direction. Just like God was with Moses, just like God was with Joshua, God will be with you. God will fight the battles in front of you. That job that's frustrating, that bill that's going to come due and you know it's coming and you're trying to figure out a way to prep for it, that child of yours that just seems lost or hurt, that relationship that's fallen apart, all those that are standing in your way and you know what it is for you. Like God said to Joshua, see all that in front of you? Imagine it in your mind for just a second. You know what it is for you. See all that's in front of you that you think is impossible, that you think is way too big a task, that you feel completely unprepared for. I have already handed that battle over to you. I have already defeated whatever that is that you're staring at right now. I have already shown you, and I'm going to keep showing you, that I'm going to defeat those in every... And let me tell you this, battle after battle, the enemy had to become even more terrified. Think about this. The further that Joshua went into these chapters, more and more, they were going to start talking to each other. Hey, man, God's people are coming, and they're not taking any prisoners. This is going to be really, really bad for us. And more and more often, the first time they came through, I'm sure the first people were like, hey, man, who are y'all anyway? Y'all been traveling a long time. It's going to be all right. We can fight. We're going to win. <laughs> then they didn't. And then the second group. All right, well, we heard y'all beat the first one down, but uh, probably going to be all right with us. I mean, we're pretty good at what we do. Third one. All right, man, something's happening now. They've already taken out two. We're number three on the list. But surely we got this. Number four. I don't know if we can handle these people. They're running through us. 
number five. Have you heard what they did? Number six, number seven, number eight, all the way up to 30, 31. They had to become more and more terrified of God's people coming because God was going out before them and defeating king after king, empire after empire, falling, walls coming down left and right. Brothers and sisters, as God takes on your struggles, your battle, the enemy will start to know. The enemy will start to see what God's doing in you and the enemy will start to tremble in front of you. When God does what God is going to do, every battle is just going to make you stronger and it's going to make the enemy weaker. Your courage isn't just confidence. It's knowing that the Lord has already fought your battles, already defeated your enemies. So today, brothers and sisters, it's time to catch up. Look somebody left and right and say, it's time to catch up. Come on. Come on. Catch up. See the battles you're facing? Yep. God defeated them. See the struggles you're dealing with? Yep, God defeated them. See, I'm handing you my promise. So go forward with strength and courage and confidence. And I'm talking about when, not if the storms come. When, brothers and sisters, the storms come. If you're facing that struggle, that battle before you, maybe for you it's internal. Maybe it's something deep, frustrating. Maybe for you it's external and you know exactly what or maybe even who it is that's beyond you. Remember what the Lord has done. Remember that the Lord said to Moses and Joshua, I will be with you, have courage. Maybe instead of stopping there, hear God say, come on, catch up. When you're scared, catch up. When you're worried, catch up. When you're overwhelmed, catch up. When you fall behind, catch up. When you don't believe, catch up. When your hurt takes over, catch up. Catch up to what God has already done. Catch up to what God is doing right now, to what God has already defeated for you, to what God is bringing to life in you. Catch up to a God that brings, holds, walks with us every step of the way, brothers and sisters. Catch up. And see that God has already won all your battles. Pray with me if you want. Lord, the battles aren't few. All of us in this house can name them, and you already know them. For some of us, they're internal. For some of us, they're obstacles in the path that you called us. And it feels impossible. So help us, Lord. Help us to have that confidence and that courage and that strength. Help us to know, Lord, that all those battles are already won, that all of those walls are already down. Remind us of your story. That that story of Moses, that story of Joshua, they're our story. give you thanks and praise, God. We give you thanks and praise, God. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's children say, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, 
We ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.